What can you stand on when life's obstacles rise up in your way? Get clear about the specific promises, laws, or tenets of your faith that will strengthen you and make you more resilient. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from patricewashington.com, where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to another episode of Redefining Wealth. And if you're brand new, here's what you need to know. This is a community that believes that wealth is so much more than just money and material possessions. We believe in the 12th century definition of wealth, which is the condition of well-being. And so every week, we focus on well-being in six pillars, and these are the areas of life that impact our finances, even when we're not thinking about it. If you need to get caught up, and I suggest you do, head to patricewashington.com forward slash start here. Again, the pillars can be broken down for you at patricewashington.com forward slash start here. Before we dive into this week's episode, it's brought to you by our Redefining Wealth private Facebook community. Yes, we have a community of purpose chasers from all over the globe. I don't believe that greatness can be created in isolation. You need people and you need like-hearted, not just like-minded folks around you. So join our free Facebook community at IamAPurposeChaser.com. You'll get to meet purpose chasers who are near you. Yes, in your own country, wherever you are. You can suggest show topics and guests and even get early access to upcoming events and programs. Purpose chasers always know first. So join us at I am a purpose chaser.com. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from patricewashington.com, where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to another episode of Redefining Wealth. I am still in our New Year series, Results Not Resolutions, and I'm so excited to really jump in to part two of the breakdown of the six pillars of wealth. Listen, if you're brand new here, Here's what you need to know. You just stepped into something really special. This is a community that believes that wealth is so much more than just money and material possessions. We believe in the 12th century definition of wealth, which is the condition of well-being. And so everything that we talk about here, these six pillars are all about how do you become well in these areas so that they don't become a distraction to your wealth-building pursuits. Because what I truly believe from over a decade of experience in this space is that you can chase money all you want, but it will always run from you when you're not well enough to truly receive it on every level of your life. And so many of us sabotage our personal finance success because we don't realize the connection between money and the energy in all these other parts of our life. And so if you're brand new, listen, you should go back to last week's episode. Listen to The Six Pillars of Wealth, part one, because what I'm doing is really challenging you that if you want to get results this year, not just set resolutions, you've done that before, but if you actually want to get results, it's going to be important that you take some very, deliberate and intentional action steps in other parts of your life to achieve whatever it is you say you want for this year. So to my OG listeners and certified purpose chasers, you've been rocking with me for a while. You know you had some homework last week. 
The homework was to really get clarity around what you want to create in 2021 and also be honest with yourself about who you would need to become in different parts of your life so that you can actually and finally sustain that. And so last week, we started with the first two pillars, the fit pillar as well as the people pillar. And I gave you some action steps and I already know that my social media is buzzing with all the revelations and the breakthroughs. And it's really exciting to hear that you've been enjoying uh, hearing parts of my new book, Redefine Wealth for Yourself. And so the new book drops March 15th, which is my 40th birthday. And these are the action steps that I've taken from before I got into this space, really I'm sharing so many of the nuggets of wisdom that I've gotten from really like the last two decades of my life in building a thriving and successful real estate company in my mid-20s to losing it all, scraping up change, living on my brother's couch, applying for welfare and food stamps to rebuilding a million-dollar brand and business. And it was not through focusing on budgets and credit reports all day long because you really, you can't do that all day long, right? What we take around with us all day is ourselves, our mindsets, our beliefs, our habits, our routines, our rituals, our ways of being. And that's what we have to do the work to change, right? We have to dig up those roots if we want to experience new fruits. And so I'm going to continue reading to you some parts of the book and For part two, we're going to dive into pillars three and four, space and faith. So here's what I have learned over these years. I have learned that your space, the order and organization, right, that you allow in your environment is a form of well-being in and of itself. We don't think about it, but it is. And so what you've heard me talk so much about over the years, if you've been with me for a while, is just understanding that clutter, the clutter we allow in our physical space is a physical manifestation of the chaos and clutter going on in our minds. And a lot of times when we're not able to see things for what they are, it's not because the writing isn't on the wall. It's not because the signs have not come. We're usually so blinded and so distracted by the clutter in our lives that we just can't see it for what it is. And the space pillar for me is not about having Pinterest-worthy closets, <laughs> linen closets, pantries, or any of that stuff. And why a lot of people run from getting it together in this space in particular, or in this pillar in particular, is because they're striving for these ideals of perfection that even the people who post on Pinterest and Instagram probably don't maintain like that. (laughs) It's not about it being pretty. It's about it being functional. And it's about your space literally being set up to support you and the people you share your space with. Because what I truly believe is that when our space is set up to support us, support our lifestyle, our personality, where we see ourselves going, like is your space set up to support the goal that you say that you have? That doesn't have to look like something pretty on Pinterest. It just needs to be functional for you. That's it. 
So in the space pillar, I wanted to share one action step that I thought could be useful from the book for anyone who knows that your space does not represent what you say you want. In my own backstory, I've shared this before on the podcast, before I really got into completing my first book, which I completed in 2011 and launched in 2012, there was a time when I was in the space that I would call my office. And I had to really sit and look around one day when I was feeling like I had writer's block and I knew what I wanted to say, but I just didn't have the words to articulate it. You ever been there? where it's a burning desire to communicate something, yet you don't quite know how to communicate it. Every time I would start, I would stop. And I finally had to take a look around. And I looked at the clutter, quite frankly. It was one of those rooms where it was a catch-all, right? Anything that you didn't want out in plain sight, you just kind of threw in some place. So while the rest of my house may have seemed immaculate, this space in particular where I was working on my book and and writing blog posts and doing all these things, it wasn't set up to support me. It wasn't set up to support anyone. And I had to ask myself, are you actually in a money-making space? Does this look like the space of a woman who is a six-figure author, does this represent the space of a woman who says she wants to rebuild another seven-figure business? Or does this look like the space of someone who's mildly interested in building an empire, mildly interested in even pursuing a hobby? Or does it look like someone who's committed to doing something great in the world? And when I got honest and real with myself, I realized that I hadn't been setting up my environment to support me. I had to become more intentional about what I was allowing in my space. And here's what I know to be true. The more you fiercely protect your space, I believe that any space that I occupy should be considered sacred. Because that allows me to preserve the energy that I need, the peace that I need in the space. And it also teaches other people how to treat my space. And the more seriously I began to take my space, the more my husband and my daughter and everyone else who comes into my home, who comes into my environment, the more they began to respect it. And I know from helping so many people in this area that when you don't respect the space, you don't have the right to try to force anyone else to adhere to boundaries that you don't. And so I want to give you some action steps. Again, it doesn't matter to me what you said your big goal is for 2021. I want you to just trust this process with me and just believe that if you incorporate a little something, take an action in each one of these pillars, you're going to start to see and feel the clarity that comes, the weight that is lifted, the clarity that comes and the path forward so that you can get there sooner, quicker, faster with more peace, more ease and more grace. And you may be like, but what does cleaning up my closet have to do with that? It is all connected Every time you walk in your closet and you do that 
that face and you clench your teeth and your brows furrow and you make that little grunt, that mm. <laughs> it's a zap of energy because you know that you've been talking about cleaning up for the last two weeks, a month, three months, a year, three years, five years. And your mind will play tricks with you because you'll keep saying, well, I got to get that together. I got to get that together. I got to get that together. But what does that reinforce? It reinforces this idea that you're not together. And then it could go deeper into confirming that little seed of doubt that was already planted a long time ago that you're not good enough or you're not worthy enough or you're not organized enough to have what it is you say you want. There's always a bigger picture at play. It's not just the dirty closet. It's not just the unfolded laundry piled up on the couch. It's not just junk drawer after junk drawer in the kitchen. There's always something bigger at play. So here's an action step for you from Redefine Wealth for Yourself. It's to clear something small. When you have a whole house to declutter, it can seem like starting small is a waste of time. But clearing the little things first will help you build the muscle to clear bigger things later. Small wins make you feel lighter and motivate you to go on to bigger projects like your garage, basement, or even a storage unit. Taking care of one small area can also make it easier to get rid of things you don't necessarily connect with clutter, like toxic relationships or a job that no longer serves you. Astrid, a member of our Facebook community who resides in London, England, sent the following note about her experience with clearing something small. I'd like to share that I cleared out and organized everything underneath my kitchen sink today, and I hadn't done it for four years. To be honest, every time I went in there, I was scared a spider would fall on my head. For some reason, today I felt the urge to clear it out, so I went with it. As I was clearing, brushing, and cleaning, I felt the fear fading away as I didn't see any spiders in there at all. It was just dirty and needed a clean. The lesson I got was I just need to face my fears in order for them to fade away. If I ignore them, they'll just stay there. Now it's clean. It has made me... Now that it's clean, it has made me feel better and I won't mind going in there again. Thin out the cabinet of coffee mugs you don't use and donate the extras. Clear a drawer or two in your office, kitchen, or bathroom. Clean out the cup holder in your car. Get rid of all the mismatched socks cluttering your sock drawer. Starting with the small things can demystify the decluttering process and inspire you to gradually move on to bigger spaces. It can alleviate any sense of overwhelm you might be experiencing, lighten your mental load, and give you the energy you need to focus on other things. As Astrid discovered, clearing small spaces can give you big wins. So your action step for your results, not resolutions journey is to choose one very small space to clear today, a single drawer, a shelf, a tabletop, and just commit to getting it done. Add this practice to your daily routine until you feel ready to tackle bigger projects. So my request of you is that you just start small. Something else about the space pillar I want you to know is that we also tackle in the book two other ideas around space. One of them is to add the energy you want. 
And I have another action step for you here as well. The energy piece is really big um, for your space. Like I said, what I've realized is that the more I encourage a sense of peace in my space, the more other people can respect that. You know, the family members who love the drama know that that type of energy is not really welcome in my home. (laughs) And there's so many lessons here, but I wanted to give you a quick illustration of one of the ways that I've been doing this for a long time, because sometimes I think you guys hear me talk about these things and you make assumptions that I'm new to this, not true to this. (laughs) And so without who you now know as the money maven, these are practices that I've had for a long time. And so I want to share this one with you in hopes that it'll encourage you to take action wherever you are right now with whatever you have. So this action step is called bring in touches of beauty. When I was at my lowest point financially and I found a $50 gift card someone had given us as a baby gift, I could have done a lot of things with that money. Our family of three had just relocated from Los Angeles to Louisiana after losing our business, our home, and most of our worldly possessions. My husband and I were struggling to find work, and every dollar counted. I could have used that Target gift card to buy food, diapers, or toiletries, but I made a different choice. Instead of spending the money on more practical necessities, I went to the clearance section for home goods. I found red and black towels and a black and white shower curtain. I bought a rug and also bought one of the rug-like toilet seat covers everyone used to have for some reason. I can't quite understand now, but I bought it. I also purchased a red bowl where we could keep our toiletries since the tiny bathroom in our 600-square-foot apartment had very little storage space. I needed that touch of beauty and organization so much that I was willing to make sacrifices in other areas of my life to have it. In the time that we lived in that apartment, the bathroom became a sacred space for me. I didn't have room in my home for a prayer closet, so I secluded myself in the bathroom when I needed to be alone with God. Because I'd made it an appealing space on my very limited budget, it felt good to be in there. It became a place where I could escape during a stressful, tumultuous time, which at that time felt like pretty much every day. That's where I had the crying on the floor moment that you hear me talk about now so often. It's the moment that changed my life and set the direction for my new business. My epiphany couldn't have happened in a disorganized, unattractive space because I would never have been in there long enough to hear from God. In the end, that $50 Target card was well invested. Bringing touches of beauty into your space will affect the energy in positive ways. Beauty can uplift, comfort, and inspire. And as my experience proves, you don't have to invest a lot of money to beautify your home. Start where your budget allows and in whatever ways you can, make your space appealing to you. So your action step is to add touches of beauty to your home by choosing design elements that appeal to your personal aesthetic. A throw pillow, a wall hanging, maybe a set of curtains. Make each room in your home a space you find beautiful because I want you to experience the blessings of divine downloads. So that's the space pillar. And I really, really, really can't wait to hear and see. I actually want to encourage you, as you start to do things, please tag me, please share it with me. 
please allow me to reshare it on my Insta stories or something. Share it in our Facebook group. It's such a big part of, I believe, how I continue to create. It's a the space that I'm in is set up to serve my purpose. If you've been following me on Instagram, you probably already know that I redid my basement. It's, that's a whole story I'll have to tell you another day. But I redid the basement to have my home office here. And I was very intentional about the colors, about where things are placed, about how it's set up to support what I saw coming. And this was even before COVID, before I realized that my speaking career would not look the same for some time as it did in years past. And so I was setting it up to already be a space where I could do media and speaking virtually. And I'll do more sharing of the space, but the opportunities that have come And my team can attest to it. Sometimes I'm like, guys, I've just been sitting at my desk, minding my business. (laughs) And the opportunities that have come, I truly believe have been attracted because this is a money-making space. And my family and anyone who knows me knows that you can't come into this space and disrespect the space because it's not that it's just a money-making space. My ministry is delivered in this space. This is definitely more than a business to me. It's ministry disguised as a business, disguised as just being about personal finance. But if you've been here, you know that we're so much deeper than that. And so I want to encourage you that whatever you say you want this year, whatever goal you have, make sure you're setting up your environment around you to support what you say you want. Now let's move on to the fourth pillar in redefining wealth. It's the faith pillar. And I can tell you, I have probably had more than a dozen conversations with people, especially the first year or so that I launched Redefining Wealth in 2017. People would say to me, how can you call yourself a woman of faith and have the faith pillar not be first. You clearly got something wrong. And my response was, and still is, I grew up in the church enough to know my people. And my people, who are usually other folks who have grown up in the church environment, have a way of thinking that their faith doesn't require them to do the work. I've gotten slack for episodes like faith can't be your financial crutch because here I believe that faith without works is dead. It's a very popular scripture in the Christian world in particular, and yet people will think that they can pray away their diabetes or pray their marriage back to health or pray any number of things. And while I have prayed to heal my marriage. I've prayed to heal my health. I've prayed to heal different relationships in my family. I've prayed, but I've also done the work. And I intentionally didn't make faith first because I know that a lot of faith-filled people would go, oh, it all starts with faith. I'm done. So the reason that you have so many things to do before you get to faith is because I want you to start to put the work in. 
That's what most of us are missing, is not putting the work in, and I believe in giving God something to bless. Now, I will say this. I identify as a follower of the teachings of Jesus Christ. That has been a foundation for me, um, and it's something I believe in wholeheartedly. However, I do not condemn or judge anyone's faith. I have friends who are Muslim. I have great friends who are Buddhist. I have neighbors that are Hindu that I respect and I adore. It does not matter to me what you say you believe. I just believe in this pillar that we have to believe in something greater. Because any path to wealth is going to come with resistance. And as you come up against that resistance, you are going to have to stand on something that is going to help you be more resilient. That's what I truly believe. And I believe that when you don't have hope in something, it's really hard. It's difficult to move through life because it's not a matter of if, it's just when. Not everything is going to go our way. It doesn't matter that you're chasing purpose, that you're pursuing purpose. No good deed shall go unpunished. It doesn't matter that you do the best that you can to be a good person. Life is coming. And it's so important that you have some type of strong foundation to carry you through those moments. So the action step that I want to offer you, what I want to share with you from the book It's called Stand on Something or Fall for Everything. This is Lesson 61 in the book. Stand on Something or Fall for Everything. The therapist looked from me to Gerald and back at me again. If you guys do the work and commit to this process, he told us, 24 months from now, you'll love each other more than ever. I stared back at him and tried not to roll my eyes, although in hindsight, I'm pretty sure I did very hard. In the moment, I wasn't sure I believed the words coming out of his mouth. After all, the mere passage of time pulls a lot of couples apart. We were dealing with something much more serious than growing bored with each other. After my husband's infidelity, the woman involved launched a nasty campaign of harassment against me. She called and texted me, but social media was her favorite weapon. She used multiple profiles to come after me. If I hadn't had my faith to stand on, I would have fallen for everything she tried to do. I would have let her bad behavior fuel my anger and my hurt. I would have lashed back at her. I would have let resentment grow where I needed forgiveness and mercy to flourish. In all likelihood, I would have given up on my marriage. But because I had my faith to turn to in that dark hour, I didn't give in and engage in a social media war with her or walk away from my marriage. Instead, along with my husband, I did the work, and today he and I are better friends and lovers than we've ever been. People often say, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for everything. While there's truth in that, I've also found if you don't stand on something, you will fall for anything. Because I stand on the promises of the faith I subscribe to, I recognize that things happen for me, not to me. I know I should be anxious for nothing because what's mine is already mine. God has a plan to prosper me and not harm me. And so as life throws blows, I'm not shaken by every little thing. No matter the situation, I can always stand on my faith. The specific promises I stand on depend on where I need support in my life at a given time. In 2020, 
My theme for the year was obedience. To grow in this area, one of the verses I turned to often was Deuteronomy 28.2, which promises God's blessings will overtake me if I heed His voice and obey His commandments. All I have to do is keep showing up and doing my part by obeying God's word and God's voice. I stand on that promise. Once you've defined your faith, it may seem like a vast philosophy, almost too big for you to comprehend in a practical way. If so, get down to the micro level. Look at the specific teachings you need to stand on to support you in your life. Expect this list to evolve as the circumstances of your life change. Be clear about what your faith teaches that you can stand on every day as well as when life tries to knock you down. So here's your action step. What can you stand on when life's obstacles rise up in your way? Get clear about the specific promises, laws, or tenets of your faith that will strengthen you and make you more resilient. I knew I wanted to share that one. I think I forgot what the intro story was to it. But I share a lot in this book, not just my client stories, but my own stories quite a bit. And when I look back, it's been about five years now since that happened. When I look back at that experience, I realized that it could have taken me out. I realized that without my faith, I could have let the limiting belief set in that women are not to be trusted because this woman in particular pretended to be my friend. And because my faith gave me the tools to work through that time, on the heels of all of that happening is when I was being led to start my group coaching programs. On the heels of that came my mastermind, Mastery and Momentum, and Purpose the Platform, and now Command the Stage. And when I look at the safe space that my work has been able to create for hundreds of women, the sisterhoods that have been created, the healing that has taken place, the vulnerability that happens, even now in our new Purpose to Platform group, oh my gosh, the breakthroughs we started having on day one really negative, (laughs) negative days because they started to just support each other before we even did our welcome orientation. When they got in their Facebook group, I realized that that piece was so important because my faith giving me the hope to heal and the ability to forgive is why I can create such containers for hope and healing in purpose, and prosperity. Had that circumstance, had that event, had that occurrence taken me off my path of purpose, I would not have the wealth I have today, relationally, financially, professionally, emotionally, mentally. My well-being would not be here. I don't believe I would be well in the way that I am today. I don't believe that I would be used in the way that I'm used today. And that actually all also took place probably seven, eight months or so before Redefining Wealth was born. 
And when I look back at that time, I realized that that entire season of breakdown was preparation for my breakthrough. It was preparation for me to, I believe, just truly become the woman, the entrepreneur, the wife, the mother that I was being called to, but perhaps just couldn't see in that moment. And so my faith has allowed me to not see my experience through the lens of a victim. Nothing happened to me. It happened for me to be the victor that I am today. And I have met so many people who don't see faith as an important part. But then when things like this happen and things greater than my example happen, they fold very quickly. But perhaps what happened didn't come to take them out. It came to show them who they really were and just how strong they really were. But when you don't know who you are and what you believe, it's really hard to determine when you're in the midst of the storm. And my encouragement is to get prepared before the storm. Now, again, I don't know what faith you subscribe to. My request in the faith pillar is not that you subscribe to what I subscribe to. It's that you make time for what you say you believe in. You make time for what you say you believe in. So no more snacking, right? There's a great episode. If this is a, an area, pillar that really speaks to you, I did a great episode last year about spiritual malnutrition. I would definitely say go check it out. But no more snacking. It's time to feast. It's time to really get clear around what your faith says about who you should be and, and how you can demonstrate faith in your everyday life. So it's not just something that I lean on in times of crisis, I actually lean on my faith even to make everyday decisions. And here's one a lesson I wanted to share with you. It's lesson 75, operate in integrity. The first time I received a call to appear as a guest expert on Steve Harvey's nationally syndicated television show, I really wanted to make it happen. The show would allow me to share my message with a large audience, many of whom had never heard of me. On top of that, a sponsor had offered me $15,000 to do the seven-minute segment and share their message along with mine. I said yes to the producer, and a few minutes later, the talking points arrived in my inbox. As I read through the script, I realized I'd spoken too soon. The sponsor's message conflicted with my own. I couldn't appear on television in front of millions of people and give the masses advice I wouldn't give to a close girlfriend. I worked too hard to build trust with my audience, and I'd have to be dishonest and out of integrity to say what the sponsor wanted me to say. It has seemed like the opportunity I'd been waiting for, but it turned out not to be. I emailed the producers within minutes and explained why I had to pass. Two months later, the producer reached out to me again. She respected that I'd stuck to my convictions the first time around, and she had another opportunity for me. Once again, it was a sponsored segment. 
This time, the producer explained, you can adjust the script however you like. I accepted the offer and made the changes necessary to the script. I maintained my integrity by delivering content that I believed in, and I still drove sales for the sponsor. The appearance was the beginning of my stint as a regular guest on that talk show. My faith teaches me to tell the truth, to love my neighbor as myself, and not to be hypocritical as much as I can help it. I can't just say I'm a follower of Christ. I have to live by the teachings of Jesus when it's easy to do and when it's difficult. Operating in integrity by living by those principles sometimes requires a sacrifice, but I do it because I want to live my faith, not just pretend it. I'm not perfect, but I do my best not to cross the line. Actions and choices out of alignment with the beliefs you claim to hold undercut your ability to witness for your faith. If you say you're a practitioner of Christianity, Islam, or another faith, live accordingly. When you choose otherwise, you're out of integrity. Your hypocrisy hurts the image of your faith, and it hurts you. Without fail, it will damage your reputation and impede your long-term goals. Be aware of how you model your faith for other people. If you profess to follow a particular faith, live it. Your action step for this Results Not Resolution series is to make a list of the most important tenets of your faith, the standards by which your faith calls you to live. When you make small or significant decisions, check in with yourself to make sure you're in alignment with the faith you profess to practice. I stepped on some toes, huh? I feel it. I hear in my spirit an owl, a collective owl all over the world. <laughs> it's a little ouch going on in my spirit. I'm going to say what I say, you know, in our Redefining Wealth Community Facebook group, what I tell any of the ladies who have been through Purpose to Platform or Command the Stage. I don't come with any form of judgment because we're all growing, right? We're all growing in this journey of redefining wealth. By no means do I consider myself to be a perfect 10. I don't even know that I consider myself to be an eight or a nine. I think in some of these pillars, I'm a seven at best. But boy, would I much rather be a seven than the three I was years ago, right? And I say that to say there's definitely no expectation of perfection. But I have to share. And in the book, I share so many of these things, not from a place of judgment or condemnation, but from a place of love because I genuinely want to share the things that I believe have truly helped me grow in so many areas of my life. And I say what I say because I think that we live in a society where people are so much more concerned and consumed with being liked than challenging your limiting beliefs and your poor practices and making you uncomfortable. I'm not really concerned with your discomfort. I'm more committed to who I know you can and will become if you just take what I'm sharing with you seriously, I, I don't believe that God is any respecter of person. 
whoever, whatever you call God, however you define it for yourself. I don't believe that people are special. I really don't. I think that there's an opportunity for us all to grow. I think that we all have our unique journeys. And for some people, it may feel like, wow, they can make it all happen in, you know, weeks, months, a couple years. And then for other people, it's like, well, why did it take me 30 years? I don't have an answer for that. But I know that what I've been asking you to do these last couple weeks, and I'll be back next week with more action steps. I just don't believe that it can make anything worse. I just don't believe that it can make anything worse. It's not about trying to do all of this overnight. But I wrote the book in the way that I did with these quick lessons so that you could turn to a pillar that you might be struggling with, choose a lesson, and then go, okay, I'm going to implement this one for this day, for this week, for this month, for this quarter. And I'm going to see how it makes me feel, what comes up for me, what I start to discover about myself. And if it's if it feels good, then keep it. And if you don't see a difference, all right, cool, move on to the next. That's why I have so many. <laughs> so it can fit a lot of different scenarios and and personalities and lifestyles. But I really do hope this lesson blessed you, that this episode blessed you. I'm I'm like cheesing from ear to ear. I don't even know. I wish I was doing video for this episode. I'm looking up and I'm beaming from ear to ear because I already know that if you do one out of the four action steps that you learned today, that it's going to make a difference. Let's talk about it in our Facebook community, the Redefining Wealth Facebook community, completely free to you. Come find us on Facebook. You can find us at IamAPurposeChaser.com. If you haven't pre-ordered your book yet, please make sure that you do. You can go to patricewashington.com forward slash pre-order. Check it out. Follow it on Amazon. I think right now you can pre-order the Kindle version. You may have to wait a bit more for the paperback, but just go follow it. Make sure you're connected with me on social media. I'm at Seek Wisdom PCW. As soon as you can do the pre-order for paperback, I'll let you know. For folks who ordered the hardcover early, um, they're they're coming. They're getting printed. You're going to get them before you know it. March is right around the corner. Um, But so thankful to you for your support. I hope that this series is blessing you. And I'm just really, really grateful for you all. Make sure that you rate and review uh, the podcast and your different podcast apps. It really helps more people find us. It exposes redefining wealth to more folks. And I, I read every single review and I'm so, so grateful that this work has been such a blessing and I can only imagine what the book is going to add to that. So thank you for allowing me to be a part of your journey. I will be back next week with part three of the six pillars of wealth. We're going to dive into the work and money pillars, break that all down and you will get some action steps for how to get results, not just resolutions this year. Thank you so much. Listen, until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose find fulfillment and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. 
Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot code SUPER24. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.